This is Paul Lam, and you're listening to the Path of Just Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you unleash the beast from within so you can fearlessly pursue your own path and passion. Join me on this weekly journey filled with inspiring stories and actionable contents. Become a Path Hunter today. Hey guys, I really want to quickly let you guys know that this episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. And what Four Sigmatic is, is a healthy solution for, um, you know, your coffee or your energy drinks to get you through the day. Um, it was actually uh, mentioned by Tim Ferriss himself. And this is where I bought a batch for myself just to try just to see what it was like. And I really love the product so much that I, so I teamed up with Four Sigmatic to get you guys a 10% uh, off your entire order if you guys use the code PATHHUNTERS. And quickly, I just want to let you guys know that this type of mushroom coffee coffee only has 40 milligrams of caffeine in it compared to your Starbucks Americano. It's 150 milligrams. So where you guys get this cognitive enhancements is from the lion's mane chaga mushrooms and the rhodiola, which is something that the Vikings used to use before they go into battle to uh, improve their cognitive uh, abilities. So I used it for quite a while and I really love the product so much to where I literally had to team up with them and I really love so yeah, I'm really happy that I got to team up with Four Sigmatic uh, to get you guys that 10% off your entire order if you guys use the Path Hunters code. Uh, everything will be in the show notes and uh, you guys can check that out. And here we go. So what's going on, guys? So I really, really wanted to feature someone that just recently went into the digital nomad space, um, took off and was traveling the world. And uh this is my guest here today. He, You're going to hear about his journey on how he became location independent and how he started this whole entire process because this is what this episode is all about. Um, it's about just interviewing someone that it was just just new into the space because I really wanted to capture that because he was so new during this recording. Um he just started above, above not that long ago, and then he's been doing it ever since. Um, it's going to be more than three months into it now. And um, yeah, so it's really cool to hear my friend Jeremy Enns talk about his journey, talk about what he does now, and how he basically just you know, uh, have, runs a whole entire business surrounding uh, photography and along with content creation, creating and editing podcast episodes for other podcasters and how he became location independent. It was really cool to chat with him and I won't take up too much time here, but we'll definitely get into this. Jeremy and Path Hunters, welcome to the show. I have a very awesome guest here, Jeremy Ends. What is going on, brother? Hey, it's going good. How about you? Good man, good. Um, I man, I I definitely want to um, uh, touch base on your story and everything like that. We met on a you know a forum location indie community, and I really love all like the interactions and everything that you did. I I did do an intro before this, but it doesn't do you any justice. I I'll <laughs> let you <laughs> I'll let you take over and then tell everybody on the podcast what you do and who you are and everything. All right. So like Paul said, my name is Jeremy Enns and I am originally from Canada. Well, I guess I'm still from Canada. Woo. I'm currently living in uh, England for the winter. Don't have any definite plans. I'll be here probably till mid-January and then maybe traveling a little bit more in Europe. But I 
have a couple of businesses. I run a podcast production management and consulting company, Aesthetic Productions, which is what I my main source of income while I'm living abroad mm -hmm. and working remotely. Mm -hmm. And then I also have a photography business, Silent Era Photography, and I do some weddings and I've worked with a couple brands and things like that. And uh, I'm kind of looking to build that up a little bit more in the future. Mm -hmm. And man, that's, that's crazy. I love that. I love that. And so I wanted to paint all the listeners a little story and everything like that. So um, if you could just dial it uh, back and what were you doing before that? And what made you uh, want a remote job and be location independent? Well, I think for as long as I can remember, I have not liked working for other people. I think that's a pretty common theme among uh, entrepreneurs and business owners and especially location independent people and people who aspire to that. But I didn't really have any idea of how that was going to come about. I've just known like since I was, you know, 10 years old that I did not like the thought of working for other people. I'm quite a creative person and also uh, system, maybe systematic. I, I often feel that I know a better way that things could work out and in a in a system working within a system obviously it's hard to implement that there's you know multiple layers of people who managers and things like that who might not see it your way mm -hmm. and that was something that I always wanted the ability to create the environment that worked best for me and do what I wanted to do and I just didn't know how to to get that done and so after high school, I took a few years off and just worked odd jobs and um, did some volunteer work down in New Orleans uh, a couple times. And yeah, just kind of was taking some time to try and figure out what I wanted to do and was not having too much luck. I decided I'd always been into music, so I went to school for audio engineering. And that was something that I really love to do. I love making music. Uh, both myself and for other people in a production and uh, sound engineer role. So I went to school for that in Vancouver. I originally grew up on the prairies. Yes. Mo <laughs> <laughs> Moved to Vancouver, which I love Vancouver, and I've lived there since until until now. And went did my sound engineering, record production schooling, and worked in the studio for a couple days a week for a year after I was out of school and realized that this was not really something that I could sustain. It's a really competitive industry, obviously. There's not much money, as is well <laughs> documented in the media. Yeah. And uh, I think everybody knows, and especially when you're starting out, uh, the, the musicians you're working with do not have a lot of money, if any. So it can be really hard to get started. And the people I knew who were making a go at it and who still are, just you, you have to almost kill yourself to to really make a name for yourself and get started. And I think once you get a foothold, you can make a career at it. But the first two, three, four, five years can be really challenging, probably working two or three jobs, well, in, including the, the engineering and, and producing. And for me, it was something that I love to do, but it didn't, the people I know who were, were making, having a go at it, uh, making music was, like it fulfilled them entirely. That was all they really needed to be yeah. happy. And for me, there was too many other things. Yeah. And I love making music, but it wasn't enough kind of to satisfy me. So I kind of put that to the side and I still made a few albums with some people, but not 
yeah, I wasn't trying to make it a career at this point. It was more of a, something I wanted to do for fun and maybe, you know, bring some income in and, and make some amazing albums with people if that worked out. But I wasn't going to kill myself for it. So I, I took a, a year to go travel in uh, 2014. And so a friend of mine, we had been talking for probably two years, maybe even longer, about doing some kind of trip. And he sent me an email in, uh, I think it was January 2013 or something like that. He said, so I have this idea of how we can hit up all these countries that we want to go to and more. And he said, it's going to sound crazy, but hear me out. A bike <laughs> trip. It's like, that doesn't sound crazy at all. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I had been into to cycling just, um, I used to be into like BMXing and uh, just, uh, and, and I commuted all the time, but I'd never done any long haul bike trips and didn't really know much about it. Neither had he, but so we started talking about this. We had a year to kind of save up and plan. And at this point I was working, doing landscaping and just kind of, uh, manual labor type jobs mm -hmm. and so in september 2014 we went on this it ended up being a three-month bike trip through europe it went through i think something like 12 countries and then i after that he went back to canada and i backpacked through the balkans to from croatia to istanbul oh my gosh wow over a month and then flew to Asia to meet up with my girlfriend at the time. And yeah. she had come from Canada and I had come from Europe to meet up there. And then we traveled through uh, Southeast Asia for four months and then came back to Canada after that. And I was kind of hoping, I think a lot of people hope this and it's kind of the dream, I guess that you go traveling and you, everything's just going to be figured out when you get back, you're going to, you're going to find yourself on your trip or, discovery or whatever your purpose is and that, that I was definitely hoping for that mm. and I even remember thinking to myself beforehand like I'm not going to come home until I know what I want to do when I come back mm. and it, it didn't really work out that way and I don't think it does for many people no I, I and I think that's kind of one of the myths about traveling which you know it sounds wonderful and romantic to go off and find yourself and come back with renewed purpose kind of but I really haven't met or talked to many people that that's actually happened for mm. and I know do you listen to the Tim Ferriss show by chance religiously okay because there's <laughs> one episode and uh the episode is with two doctors who are pretty unconventional they were both into like they studied the effects of like psychedelics yes and the one and so i don't know if you remember this episode but the one doctor he said something i really liked he he was talking about he had experimented with all kinds of like different psychedelic mushrooms and like uh all kinds of compounds but then also uh more spiritual experiences and so the one he was talking about in particular was the like native american vision quest and he was talking about how he had done this i don't know how long it was maybe a couple weeks long this vision quest mm -hmm. and had come back and had talked to the elder or the shaman or whatever it was and had he had kind of asked him so what are you going to do now after this and he said oh well i'm going to take a couple weeks and try to process everything that i've learned here and the elder just starts laughing in his face and he says yeah okay come back in a year. And when I heard that, I realized it had been about a year since I had got back from traveling and I, things had been starting to crystallize where I was wanting to go. And I thought, you know, that is it. You, 
you need you 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 go traveling and you gain all these experiences and ultimately they can kind of give you that insight into what you want to do and who you want to be mm-hmm. but it doesn't happen while you're traveling unless you're traveling for you know years at a time but and I so I found I've found that for myself and he had said that and that really clicked for me and I've talked to other people too where a year seems to be a very common kind of time range after you have some kind of incredible immersive experience to come back and just do something low-key and normal and allow your mind to kind of put this all together Mm. and then things start coming together and so for me it was a I was back for a year and I had done uh gone tree planting which was my second season I'd gone before traveling and then again afterwards and then I went back to another landscaping job and which was good because I started this landscaping job and it was just going to be a short-term thing originally I was thinking about moving to another city mm-hmm. and just needed a job for like a month to kind of tied myself over to till I decided what I was going to do yeah and ended up staying there until I quit uh in September this year so I was there pretty much a year and that ended up being one of the best things that could have happened to me which was so strange like it wasn't I wasn't making a ton of money just doing landscaping which I love being outside and and doing that kind of work but you know it's not uh not the most exciting not the most uh glorious work but on the first day I showed up and I see okay my co-workers got headphones in allowed to listen to music Uh, that's cool it's just a really small company there's not much in the way of like regulations and stuff Mm. like that Mm like there are at some companies. And so next day I bring my iPod and put in the music thinking, oh, this is kind of boring. And then I thought, oh, I used to listen to audiobooks when I when I had another job that I could listen to music and stuff. So I thought, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll look into that when I get home tonight. And then I thought, oh, and I've heard people talking about these podcast things. I don't know, really know what they are, though. Like the only one I'd heard of was like the Joe Rogan podcast, yeah. was, like <laughs> the biggest one. It was so and, popular uh, back then. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the, yeah, this was only a year ago, and I think it's still really popular. It's I've so never popular. listened. I've never listened to an episode, but I, I don't know. It might be good, but I just don't have a great impression of Joe Rogan. Yeah, and I think it probably is a good show, but I've never listened to it, and so I, it's just like yeah, yeah, whatever. So I go home that night and sign into iTunes, and I just start looking in a the podcast section whoa there is everything like no matter what you're interested there's a pod there's 10 podcasts for it or more yes like okay this this could be good so i think i started off what was your first podcast that you started with i think i started looking up like entrepreneur type podcasts and i didn't have any idea what any of them were so i Mm -hmm. i got a sampling of a bunch of them and i know one of the ones that really helped me at the start was called Creative Warriors, which is like uh, the host is, well, he used to be a photographer. I'm yeah. into photography, so that drew me to it. And now he's more of a coach. And I, I really liked the way that the, the write-up was done. It sounded like, okay, yeah, this could be something I was into. Um, the Suitcase Entrepreneur was yeah. another one nice. that I got started on at the start. And I think there were about five, Internet Business Mastery, uh entrepreneur on fire i think yes and that that was probably it at the start and then i think i got some other like photography based ones Sweet. and so i'm at work can listen to these eight hours a day so i was just devouring them and i think there was somebody on one of the podcasts one of the hosts made the comment about how 
with they were heavy into audiobooks and how they would read them at or listen to them at one and a half or two times speed. So I look on the iPod and I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that on here too. So I started going, <laughs> got up to like one and a half and at, at, for a while I was doing two times speed and I was just listening to like, you know, 10 to 15 hours worth of content in an eight hour kind of working day. So I was just absorbing so much information and at the start, you know, it's a little bit daunting. It's I didn't hard. have, it's hard. I didn't have like uh, any background in, entrepreneurship other than you know reading a few blogs and stuff like that and i was just kind of getting into it but i was able to take in so much content especially in the first two to three months and at that point i you know listened to hundreds and hundreds of episodes from all these different shows and it all started to sound quite similar Mm -hmm. which at that point i realized okay so if it's all sounding similar i'm going to take that as it's true that everybody's saying the same thing because it actually works yes. or otherwise everybody wouldn't be saying it. Yeah. But, and then also I realized at that point, okay, I'm getting a little bored with this or this isn't going to do many, do me any more good. So I still listen to podcasts, but mm. I cut way down on the entrepreneur stuff and started listening to just a more broader kind of storytelling and a bunch of other different things. Just not that interested me. Yeah. And, um, I wanted uh, I wanted to actually to pick off a little bit uh, yep. on all that um, amazing amazing I love it so far uh, number one like I, I've always found that you know if if I find an if I find another Canadian even anywhere in the world I have yep. to give them a big virtual hug or or something <laughs> like that because just like yep. a sense of brethren or something there you know yep. sisters and yep. brothers and it's just I love that every time yep. I see like oh you're Canadian too like let's give each other a hug let's hug it out. Yep. Because it's so nice, right? Um, and I love the part that you're all, like, you know, you were doing, you're right, you know, for, I think most travelers and most digital nomads and location independent um, people who are always, it's always that first travel bug that they always catch. So it's either two or three weeks or a month or whatever it is. For me, it was taking the trip to Vietnam yep. and then coming back and you're right, you, you kind of, you don't really find that epiphany or anything out there. Yeah, but it's by the time you get back and you can digress and you can review everything and you sit on yeah. it for like a year. For me, it was like a year and a half until yep. I finally, literally yesterday, just walked out the door yep. and my corporate nine to five job, right? Because I was just been this calling and everything is just. And you're right, consuming the content and everything was just um, the only way that you can only think about it and figure that out, right? Because um, I remember my pro- first podcast. I googled it. It was like entrepreneur as well too, and the first one I saw was um, smart passive income by yeah. Flynn. I love that show. I yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah. And so I consumed same as you. Um, consumed like crazy, crazy, like not two times speed because I'm, you know, I can't, you know, but I just, yeah. <laughs> but one and a half speed. But I don't know. If, uh, you guys are amazing though. But um, two two times speed. Wow. Um, and I cut back on that after a while. It got to be too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I thought it was just really amazing because like it's just it aligns so much and resonates so much with me. And then so mm-hmm. so what was the point where where you're like, okay, so I'm ready. I'm consuming all the content. I'm doing all these odd jobs. And I know my background is just like, all, you know, creating all these, like you're working with musicians and everything, but you weren't yep. making that, you know, that revenue stream that you've always wanted. Yeah. So yep. what happened afterwards? So what was the action step from that when you knew you're like, hey, it's time to take off. I'm ready. Yeah. So actually, so back in the fall, uh, so I guess this was not last summer, but the summer before, I was really, things were starting to come together and I was really focusing on the photography aspect. And I started a blog and designed a website, mm. which I still have. And I was really wanting the photography to be 
the path that I was going to go after. And, you know, there was something of a roadmap that there was a lot of photography bloggers who were doing, you know, the, the same kind of blog format as anyone else does, you know, coming up with eBooks and video courses and things like that. Yeah. And so I was starting to look into that and that was, and still is something that I think I can do and is an option. So I was really focusing on the blog. I was putting out an article or, or two at the start. I was doing two articles a week. Then I cut it back to one and was really focused on kind of building that aspect of my life, I guess. And it was hoping that that was going to be the thing that was going to get me location independent. Although I had an initial timeline, I was hoping by mid-2017, because I think a blog does take quite a while to gain traction and to be able to monetize it. Mm. And I didn't see any way to really fast track that. And so I was really going hard with the blog for six months, seven months. And then in March of this year, I joined Location Indie, I think, in January and had been on there a while and was still, the photography was the thing. And a couple of people had made the comment like, oh, audio engineer, that's a good location-dependent skill. And I was just thinking like, well, not why? really. Like, <laughs> what's like, where I'm coming from is like in a recording studio. Yeah. And, you know, building your name up in a community so that you can kind of, you know, get well known amongst musicians of a certain genre or whatever and, you know, build your reputation that way. Yeah. And so I just did not see the connection at all. And then Jason, one of the founders of Location Indie, made some comment, I think, on their podcast. And it wasn't it wasn't a comment even to me. Although I think other people had made this comment before with talking about podcast editing. Yeah. And I think the reason why I had never thought about it was because it is for someone who has done worked in music and all this other stuff, editing dialogue for a podcast is so basic, so easy. <laughs> I kind of thought like that's beneath me. Like <laughs> my skills yeah, yeah. are so much more. I have yeah. so many more skills than what it would take to do that. And so I just kind of dismissed it completely. And then I was listening to the Location Indie podcast. Jason makes some comment about their podcast editor or something like that. And it just clicked instantly. I was like, huh, this is something that it doesn't matter if the skills are beneath me. It's good that I am, you know, can offer a high quality or that I have more skills than necessary for this. Yeah. It's something that I could be, I could start getting clients today and could be, have enough clients conceivably to be location independent within originally I was thinking three months. Yeah. And so that was, I think March. And after that day I went home and I signed up on Upwork, put a profile together. And I think within a week I had my first client. And so that was a big motivator that to get some kind of affirmation early on that, okay, I can do this. And after that, I didn't get another client. I was applying a whole bunch on Upwork and sending out cold emails. I started doing that to just looking up podcasts on iTunes and mm -hmm. emailing the hosts. And I was just had one client for maybe a month. And then I think I got another one. And then I got connected with a podcast production company, like the one that I have now okay. and started doing some freelance editing for them. And so then I had, maybe three or four shows that I was working on. So, you know, not anywhere near enough income to live off of, but 
I could see that it was starting to build and that it was really only a matter of time, that it was kind of inevitable, which was another huge motivator. So I'd, I'd got the, the first show within the first week and then within kind of two months, it was kind of building slowly yeah. and it was kind of like, okay, it's just a matter of time how I had initially hoped three months and I thought, okay, well, it's not going to happen within three months, but you know, maybe six months, I think that's a, a definite, I, I didn't want to say definite, but I was kind of thinking it was, the thought was in my head that, you know, by September and initially at the start of the year, I guess last year, December, I'd done taken a weekend just to kind of plan out my goals for the next year. Yes. And some of the things I put down were... Was it in the group? Was it in Location Indie? No, this was before I joined. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the goals was to quit my job in September, and the other one was to go part-time in June. So I had dates there. And at this point, I was still thinking photography. It was not... You know, the audio editing wasn't even in the picture at that point. And... How long ago was so, Was this a year ago? So, year? so that was last December, yeah. Last December, okay. Yeah. And so I think in May, or maybe it was even beginning of June, I and I had my, my list of goals posted on my wall, stuck up there, the list of everything. And, and then within the goals as well, I had, for each goal, I had broken it down on another sheet of paper into the steps to get there. And so it was funny because for the, the going part-time and quitting the job, it was all based around photography. And I didn't really look at those sheets as much the way I had the main goals all on my wall. So I saw them every day and it was kind of uh, front and center in my mind. And so at the start of June, or maybe it was even mid-June, I looked at my list again, like I did every day, but it just kind of, my eyes settled on the go part-time by June. And here I had a few clients and and I was working quite a bit. So I was doing, you know, full-time landscaping, but then working a fair bit uh, evenings and weekends on podcast editing plus blogging for my photography site. Would you say it's important to, sorry, like I didn't, so yeah. I just wanted to, to, to get a feel of that and your opinion on this because it, all this, all this connection didn't happen until you found your community, right? All until you found location indie or, or yeah. even the point that you were intentionally, even before location indie from what sounds that because you were intentionally writing out your goals and then yeah. figuring out the, because like what I heard just now, what, what that you would do and most people don't do is that they write the action steps to get yeah. to their goals. Not a lot of people do that. No, and I think it's too daunting. It, like, how do you achieve a big goal? Like, m my example doesn't really work because I wasn't even at, for quitting my job because I was focusing the energies on something else entirely. Yeah. And I don't think that would have worked out in that time frame. It might have worked out longer term. I still had action steps that might have worked out over two years as opposed to one year. Mm -hmm. But now everything's been kind of accelerated. But I, I think having... A, you know, it's very tempting to put down big goals that you want to achieve in a year. And there's some quote I like that you underestimate how much you can get done in a year and overestimate how much you can get done in a day or something like that. So true, and, though. So true. Yeah. Yeah. And but and I think people do. People do put down big goals for their year and yet they don't put down the smaller steps to get that goal that they could lead them to an even bigger goal than what they originally thought of. Mm -hmm. But it's, you need to kind of compartmentalize what needs to happen before the next thing can happen. And there's kind of 
uh, cascade often. Like milestones, like small milestones yeah. and small wins yeah. that can help you propel you. For for example, for me, like I do that too recently, but I yeah. only did that recently. So for me, it was that quitting my job. All right. So mm-hmm. uh, put in two weeks, make sure I book my flight. So that means you're, yeah. you're accountable yeah. now, right? Yeah. And um, making sure you get your visa or else you're not going to get in or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so all these actions, I get it. So milestones. And I yeah. think that a lot more more people would be more successful and writing out goals and then the milestones based on even though if you kind of have an idea of how to achieve it yeah. some, most people don't and I, I, I was like that I was like that as well too so I wanted to start a location independent you know lifestyle yeah. um, I have an idea but you know and that's all but it's really. too vague yeah yeah it's really yeah. vague yeah but yeah. setting setting the small milestones to, towards it is um, definitely key. So for me, it was that joining Location Indie was mm-hmm. one that was actually one of my milestones this year. It was like, you know what? Yeah. I need to join in when the doors yeah. open because like, you know, mm-hmm. the membership is, you know, yep. it's closed off. But uh, when the doors open, I'm in there and I'm consuming knowledge. I'm reading whatever yeah. I can and you mm-hmm. grow and grow. Right. So yeah. it's uh, it's definitely great. I wish I wish people would do more of that. Yeah. And just to help you help them propel into their goals. Right. So, yeah. So and so just to finish the thought from before. Mm. So in June, I looked at this list. I saw, oh, yeah, I said I was going to quit in June and I was not I was not ready. I didn't have enough clients. I was thinking, okay, like when I have enough clients to go part time, I'm going to go part time. When I have enough clients to go quit my job entirely, I'm going to quit my job entirely. Yeah. Thought Actually, maybe I'm looking at this wrong. And so I started thinking, okay, what if I take off one day a week? And I will have an extra day to actually work on the business because right now I'm just doing all the editing, not really taking steps to grow the business. And I thought, okay, so maybe if I kind of take one step back in my income basically by taking out that guaranteed hourly pay as my landscaping job, that's going to give me an extra day to actually grow the business and maybe that will actually accelerate things. So I thought, okay. I emailed my boss, said, would it be okay to go part-time? And I had been kind of uncertain if they would be okay with that. Mm-hmm. She got back to me within the day and said, yep, that's no problem. I thought, okay, that's good. <laughs> that was easy. Then, so then uh, two months later in August, mm-hmm. I'm st- I still have this in the back of my mind now. And I n- I'm very aware that I had said I was going to quit in September. Yeah. And... I'm even less prepared to quit my job at this point than I was to go part-time before. <laughs> it's a much bigger <laughs> step to get rid of entirely. And I have a few more clients at this point, but still it's not enough to live on to support myself. But at this point I started thinking about how I was really feeling the travel bug. I started to think, how can I do this? And I had heard of this website, Trusted House Sitters, which is what I'm using right now to house it in England mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And it's you pay like $100 a year to sign up. And I was never going to use it, so I never signed up. But I still got the emails every week. They show the, the top house sits around the world. And I'd always go through them and be like, oh, man, that would be cool. And uh, so I think, oh, yeah, I had forgotten about that. I thought, huh. Well, if I didn't have to pay for rent, that would take off a lot of the burden of what I would need to be earning money for. Definitely. And so, and so then that's the kind of one step out of the way. And then I think, well, okay, there's still the flight. And I thought, yeah, I have, like, 
I think at that point I had like 200,000 miles and it's like, okay, so I don't need to worry about the flight. I don't need to worry about rent. Okay. That's basically all of the big expenses of traveling. And so, uh, at that point, once I realized that it was doable, I said, okay, I'm quitting my job in September. Like I had said, <laughs> so I, I gave, I gave them a month's notice nice. and, and I booked the flight. No, I think I booked first, I booked the, the first house set. So I, I first booked one that hasn't even happened yet. It's going to start in December. And within, I had, when I had signed up to trusted house sitters, I thought this might take months of trying because there's so much competition. There's so many people on it looking for house sets and yeah. like, why not? <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good service. And so I thought, okay, this could take a while. I'm going to need to be patient with it. What was the site called? Sorry, Jeremy. What was the site uh, called? trustedhousesitters.com all right i'm gonna add that to show notes i think that's the biggest one in the world it's based in the uk so there's a lot of houses in the uk which is why i'm here yeah because linking together a bunch you can there's there are a lot all around the world but there's definitely the most in the uk so i the first one i booked was in december and then i thought well i want to go earlier than that in like october so then i found one in october and then i found one in november and it was all easy because they're all in the uk there's so many of them yeah okay and, and so yeah the first one it was like within a few days I'd got the first one. I thought, Oh, okay. <laughs> that was way easier than I thought. <laughs> and then I could be kind of selective. I had something and uh, I booked the plane ticket, uh, pretty shortly after that. And I had lined all these up and it really was kind of surprising how it all came together when it, it uh, like my goal, I achieved my goal of quitting my job in September, but it was in a completely different manner than I had planned on it happening, which I think happens to a lot of people. And a lot of people also miss those opportunities because they're so focused on this is how it needs to happen. Like I have this plan in mind and this is how I'm going to get to my goal. And so you focus on not on your goal, but on how you're going how you think you're going to get to your goal yeah. when really there might be easier ways. And that was my issue that I hadn't actually been looking at the goal. I was looking at, I want to be, run this photography blog website, not my primary goal was be location independent and self-employed, which there was an easier way to. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So, so then you handed your, t your, your, your one month uh, one month notice and you're going to take off. And then, so you, you went around and you booked all the house sittings and everything. Yeah. And then, so how, what was, I want to know what was the feeling like? Because it's so for some people, and I, and I went through this as well too. People have been telling me it's not easy doing what you do, and it's not easy yep. throwing in your two, like two or one month's notice mm -hmm. and then leaving. With the day that you leave, you're like, oh shit, yep. I, I, I gotta make money. I gotta do, I gotta, it's time yep. to go, right? So, what was your feeling like? I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I think I actually, in one way, I got more nervous as the day approached, but that was not in necessarily the financial way. I, I booked three months house sitting intentionally because I thought, okay, if I don't make any money whatsoever, if I lost all my clients, I could afford to go for three months and it would be fine. And I could come back and find another job. And obviously I, I wasn't going to lose all my clients. So I could, I was hoping that even without gaining any new clients, I'd be able to break even Yeah. over, you know, on a monthly basis. And then I was hoping to to get some new clients as well while I had, you know, basically all my time free now to work. Not that you want to do that while you're traveling, but, you know, <laughs> and so it uh, I was getting nervous getting closer just because it was a big life change. But 
actually about maybe one week or a week before I left, I, because of how I am set up with my clients, I have income coming in through a lot of different channels. So some of it's through PayPal, some of it's through Upwork and some of it's just directly through me. Yeah. And so a couple of weeks before I left and, and there's, they're not all, a lot of it just sits in PayPal before I transfer it into my account and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't really look at that that much. And so it's hard to gauge how much I was actually making. And I didn't, that was all, all my podcast producing income was basically extra because I already had a job that was kind of supporting me day to day. And so that was all just, I didn't even think about it really. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. I I don't, I don't really know why I didn't think about it. It's just, I guess because I wasn't using it, I didn't need the money. I yeah. had enough anyways. Plus I was already like saving some from my current job. So it was just like, it didn't matter. And the goal wasn't money. It was having money a month from now <laughs> or <laughs> earning money a month from now, not right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I actually need it. And so a, a week or two before I left, I actually added up all this money for the past month. And I realized that I had made just as much as I had at my job. And so I thought, wow, this, and so that was before I left. And I thought, okay, everything is, everything is going to be all right. And that was, I think, a, a bit of a heavier workload month. But I thought, okay, if even if every m- month's not like this, I'm going to have lower expenses without having to pay rent. Well, hopefully, traveling, there's unexpected expenses all the time. But yeah, yeah. Um, and so I thought, okay, this is really going to work out. And then the next month, actually, I got, again, that was an even, that was a bigger month. I made, October was all my first month being entirely self-employed and that was the most money I'd made in a month ever. This month is going to be way lower. I had a huge project that I got that month, which was really exciting. And that was, again, just to, like right at the first week of getting out, I got this huge project for a big company mm. to work on. It's like, okay, <laughs> things are really working out. And so that's not going to happen every month for sure. Yeah. But it was really another affirmation that I can do this and it's going to work out and I don't really have too much to worry about not that you want to take your foot off the gas but you know if i keep doing what i've been doing things are going to work out and uh and so far it has i love it i love it because um i like the part that you know you compare you eventually you compared your numbers and everything you're like you know what i made just as much as you know at my job then you know with my with all my businesses as well too and it's time to take off and everything's going to be all right um I, I like that because cause once you finally take off and then that puts a little you know ease in your mind at everything. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, so I, I like that the most. And so now what was it like? Um, we, we're going to – so we're going to shift gears a little bit. And yeah. I'm just going to ask you what is it like – what would you tell someone, um, someone like that used to be like us, right? So mm-hmm. who is working the 9 to 5 job or, or you know working all these odd jobs and everything like that. Where would you – point them into and guide them into the direction to get started because you know that you know that uh, they want to be location independent travel full time um the love of travel you know, it's always it's always a, a bug you can't get enough of it right so yeah so yeah yeah what would you say to this person this particular person i would say that even if you hate your job right now there's probably some way that you can be moving your goals forward while you're at that job so for me, it was the ability to listen to podcasts at work. And I know a lot of people can do that in mm. offices and otherwise. And just looking at how you're spending your time 
while you're at work with things like that. Yes. And there are a lot of things, probably if you are in a corporate job, that a lot of lessons to be learned that could apply to running your own business one day. And maybe that's not necessarily coming straight from your management or whatever, but there's probably people around you who have experience that could be useful to you in the future. Yeah. So I think that, I think that's a big thing because you spend so much of your life at work and your energy at work that you would hope (laughs) that you can be making use of it, hopefully towards your own goals as well. Yeah. And I was in a, you know, like I said, it wasn't a glorious job that I got into, but it ended up being exactly what I needed in just being able to learn so much. That's, I agree because um, that's what I always say to people whenever they're they're telling me, you know, they, they hate their nine to five job and stuff. But, um, you know, and Jason would attest to this, Jason and Travis as well, too, would attest to this saying that, you know what, there are skills that you can actually learn mm-hmm. in, at your day job because I, I was a salesman. So like I, yep. customer service skills, talking to people, connecting with people, huge, huge yeah. you know, skill to learn at your day job. Yep. And so... And and then I, I always quote Gary Vaynerchuk. I love this guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he's always like saying that you, you will never uh, build the life of your dreams watching Netflix and House of Cards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So so you'll have to find the way. For me, it was literally it was an hour commute every day to work. Mm-hmm. So I used that hour instead of listening to music, listen to podcast. Yeah. Breaks, half an hour breaks, listen to podcast. Yeah. Right. Consuming and reading as much as you can and utilizing the time that you have yeah. instead of wasting it watching like Netflix and house of cards and whatever. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing that I would say the, the second part is I don't think it's anything groundbreaking here, but you need to really make sure you're using your time outside of work to be working on what you hope to be doing full time one day. And it's not easy I was in an easier situation than some, mm-hmm. being single, no family or anything like that. I know that's a, a big challenge for a lot of people is finding time with girlfriend, wife, kids, anything like that to actually work on the business. So I had a bit more time and I know my friends weren't the happiest with me, always telling me, <laughs> oh, you're so busy all the time. Come out and <laughs> go play disc golf or uh, go climbing or whatever. And I was kind of like... Really, it was hard to say no that much, and it, I didn't feel great about kind of, um, you know, not being able to spend as much time with them as I would have liked, and especially, especially because I had been gone traveling and tree planting all this stuff, so they hadn't seen me for a while anyways, and then I'd come back, they thought they were going to see me all this time, and here I'm working on the business, but I think towards the end, once they realized that it was actually happening for me, they were really excited and, uh, and really, yeah, happy for me. Yeah, it's it's hard, right? It's hard having and maintaining a social life. It's hard just, you know, telling your friends no all the time because I had to do that as well too. But uh, you know, I realized that your friends will always be your friends, and then they'll 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 understand. They'll understand what the, yeah. what you're trying to do, and then they'll they're what you're gonna do. And Jeremy, and, and then what I'm hoping that I'll emanate as well too is that whenever let's just say you're living the life that you've always wanted, and then it's mm-hmm. always it's, it's ingrained in our minds, right? So it's like a baby effect. Our babies, like you know, when they see something is done, they look at it and they they emanate and they follow along with it. So your friends yeah. will eventually be inspired, and they'll be like, okay, 
Jeremy's doing this. I'm going to try to figure out. He said podcasting. Okay, let's try podcasting. Yeah. And it's a ripple effect, right? Yep. And I like that because you you always want the best for your friends and everything but you know that's not everyone you're not going to change everybody that that's not, you know that's not what you want right yeah one <laughs> of my friends is uh well I have a couple of friends uh finishing up their PhDs and one has right before I left in the last month had said he was you know a little bit jealous not in like a envious yeah well you know not in a, a mean-spirited way but he was made some comment about man I wish I could do something like that and I just said Oh, you can. You can, and right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm waiting on him. I'm going to try and get him in something going because I know he's where I was a year ago, kind of having some skills but not realizing that those skills could be used in a different way than you would normally think of that whatever your schooling has set you up to think, the normal path. There's If you just need to shift your mindset a little bit about it, and it, it's hard to do that. It takes some kind of outside influence to kind of jar you and realize, oh, this could actually be useful in an online remote setting. So I'm waiting for him to kind of uh, get a little bit more curious and yeah. I'm going to prod him along and see if uh, I can get him started <laughs> on something one day, hopefully. Yeah. I, I'm excited. Like I have a friend like that as well too. And I'm uh, waiting for him as well too. Cause he's, you know, uh, he's very, very smart. He's no, he's very, it's just, he's just a little afraid, right? It's always that, yeah. that, that, that's, you know, that little fear and everything. Um, so now I'd like to know if, like, for example, what we're gonna we're gonna dial a little bit forward. So I want to know, like, so now you're being location independent. You're traveling as a digital nomad, and you're basically living uh, life the way that you wanted. You said it like this. What was the biggest challenge for you that that you had to go through? Well, I think in the first week or two or three, even I think by then I had got a little bit under control. Was scheduling. I'm a fairly disciplined person. And especially, I think part of it, though, was that I had to be when I was working, well, 40, and then I was later working, I guess, 32, four days a week. And then I only had so much time to actually, I had all these clients that I had had commitments to, so I had to get that work done in there. Mm -hmm. So I had to be very kind of get home from work, maybe have an hour to kind of decompress, have something to eat, and then go to work in the evening and get the editing done and whatever. And, you know, once that was done, I could do other stuff. But I was in such a focused mindset that that other stuff still had to do with the business. And so it was kind of just nonstop for almost the past year until I left. And then when I came over here and started the first house set, it was kind of like, oh, I have all this free time. I don't need to do the editing right away. So the first week I, you know, I got all the editing done that I needed to and all the the podcast work. But I didn't actually get to go see anything. I was in Liverpool at first. I didn't go see anything in Liverpool at all and kind of was just didn't do anything, got the work done, but <laughs> nothing else happened. It was just really lazy. So at the it took a couple weeks to kind of get into a routine of, you know, actually getting up early in the morning. I, I like getting up at, you know, seven o'clock and getting to work kind of by eight mm-hmm. and getting everything out of the way in the morning and then having the afternoon to go do stuff. And so it took me a few weeks to kind of switch mindsets. Uh, There was a bit of a a hangover almost of, you know, having all this work, day job and my own business and then having all this free time where there was more than enough time to get everything done. And so I I did almost nothing. (laughs) So I think that was a challenge for sure. There haven't been 
big challenges so far. Um, I guess another one would probably be getting back into the uh, growth mindset maybe right now. And I think it's a little bit hard while traveling. If I was at home, it would be easier to focus on building the, the business up more here. There's things to see and, you know, <laughs> places to explore. So that's true. A, a lot of my free time goes to that instead. But I definitely want to keep taking on new clients and growing the business more and eventually phasing myself out as a as taking on the editing and, you know, the more the, the hands-on work and moving to a more client relations management type role and backing away more and more as time moves on, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a little bit of a hurdle. It feels it kind of feels like I've arrived already. Yeah. And in the in in my mind I know that this is not the end destination where I want the business to be. I definitely want to grow it bigger. But now it's a little bit nerve wracking. I think one of the next steps when I take on a few more clients will be hiring somebody probably like on a freelance basis. But that's scary for me because I've never dealt with that having an, an employee, even if it's contract or freelance. Yeah. And so I'm a little bit hesitant about moving towards that because that's a little bit scary. And so I think that's going to be something to kind of get over. And now to the, the, the issue is be, being location independent, the, the world is open. And so there's all these yeah. other things that really weren't possible before. So I, I have a friend coming out in a couple of weeks who's going to be traveling in Europe for two or three or maybe even more months. But uh, so he's going to come out and we're going to go to Ireland in a couple of weeks and do a road trip there. And then I've got another house set for six weeks in Leeds over Christmas. So he's going to come spend Christmas and then he's going to go do some of his own traveling. And then possibly another one of our friends is going to come out and we're talking about going to Portugal and Morocco. So I've got this in the back of my mind thinking, well, yeah, I don't want to grow the business too big because <laughs> then what am I going to, am I going to be able to have any time to go to Portugal and Morocco? Yeah, maybe I should just keep it small. So I, I don't quite know how I'm going to deal with that. Mm-hmm. I'm, Cause I kind of feel like that's a bit of a cop out. Yeah. But I also don't want to miss out on those opportunities. Yeah. So we're gonna have to see how it goes. I've got some. I'm gonna coming up in the next month. Gonna do another kind of weekend where I just kind of lay out where I want to go in the next six months and year, and then start really clarify on. Okay, well, if I want to get here, am I gonna have to sacrifice some of these things, or can I do it all, or maybe I'm just have them out of order, and maybe I'll, you know, do something different. So. It's it's cool though because you have choices though, right? Yeah. You have choices and you're able to think about it. Be like, hey, I'm not sure if I want to do this yet. I want to enjoy it a little bit, or you know. So, it, I, in my opinion, I think I think it's good to just enjoy and soak it in for a moment, and then yeah, I, I'm excited to see how how this ex- uh, unfolds for you, Jeremy. Maybe we can bring you on you on for another episode. Yeah, oh, that'd because be great. Um, I want to hear how this story unfolds for you because and <clears> what your decision, how much you've grown. Because the cool part is like. The, 
that you recently just like I said became a new digital nomad and everything and you're just kind of tinkering around like I'm I'm in that stage as well too literally I'm leaving in December 5th to Chiang Mai Thailand and I'm probably (laughs) going to go through the same thing as you have no idea where I'm going to stay I'm like I haven't even looked at anything yet which is focused on leaving the job and everything but um, it's kind of cool from here from like a perspective like it's just a new um, newly digital nomad that just finally got out and just kind of have to deal with some challenge some not really I wouldn't say these are challenges these are just like things you're just getting yeah. used to right it's like yeah buying a new car and you're not supposed to you know you're yeah. kind of warming it up and breaking it in kind of deal, yeah. Right? So, <laughs> yeah exactly so that's, that's what it feels like to me i don't i don't see um i think you're going to be um doing uh, great and just fine um so oh my gosh i, I i'm i'm gonna I'm, now i want to know about you like what had like what has been what have you been grateful for lately though like what's uh what's one of those things that you're grateful for right now in this point in time well i'm definitely grateful that i'm able to do this i think that i'm grateful for it because i realized that i was very fortunate to kind of fall into it that you know it definitely took work and effort mm-hmm. and thought and intention but so many things had to come together that were outside of my control. Have you read the book Outlier? Uh, is it? Yeah, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, by chance? I have it here, but haven't read it yet. No. Okay, you should read it. <laughs> yeah. I read that book uh, a couple months ago, and I think I kind of already had this mindset, but the, the basis of the book is that really great people who achieve these great things, and he's talking about like kind of the, the tops of the tops, like the Bill Gates of the world. Yeah. Didn't get there because they were extraordinary. They got there because they had a lot of help along the way. Mm-hmm. by other people and just by circumstances random their genetic makeup you know being born in the right city um, in the right country knowing maybe english as a first language as opposed to something else mm-hmm. and so i've been thinking about that lately and that i'm just grateful that all these things kind of came together and i think part of it you know there's the hard work and the effort but there's also being open to and recognizing opportunities that are presented with you to you because I think a lot of people there are opportunities around them but if you're not open to them and you're not looking actively looking for them Mm -hmm. you miss them and you kind of think oh why don't I ever get my break when you need to kind of change your mindset and you can find some of those breaks I get that 100% because um, I haven't read the book and I will actually, but um, I, I take on that mindset as well too. I think of it in a way where like, could I possibly do this and make this work? And and because essentially, if you wait too long, the opportunity will basically pass by you, right? If you consistently yeah. just like, hey, um, should I do this? Should I? When they do find it, that is, but some people may not even find it based on their mindset because they're so focused on that one answer, but they don't they never take a step back yep. and pivot and look at it in different mm-hmm. angles because it could work and everything. That was like that for me and this whole entire mind shift and everything because I've always thought that, hey, uh, corporate nine to five job, climb the corporate ladder, everything. And the next, you know, like I traveled, I'm like, you know what? I want to do this full time, but how can I do? And later on, yeah. I find people are doing this full time. I'm like, okay, how can I make this work now? Yeah. Right? yeah. And so, uh, the one more thing I'm grateful for would be uh, my friends back home who, you know, are, are great, but also a lot of friends who I wasn't that close with before have kind of reached out since I've been traveling and have said, Oh, I know somebody here and I know somebody there. And through a friend that I used to work with, we've actually got a whole lot closer 
she's living back in Canada and I'm here, but she put me in touch with some of her friends in Liverpool and we got along really well and hung out a whole bunch and that was really great. And so I've been really grateful for kind of even these looser connections that have led to more connections while I'm over here. Mm -hmm. And then some of those ones back home have even strengthened. People have kind of reached out and, and said, this is awesome that you're doing this and kind of wanted to talk about it and connect over that and maybe look for some advice. So that's really cool as well. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. <laughs> like I said, it's just like you're, you're living, you're, you're that example. And then people see that and they want to be like, okay, I'm, I'm a little, I wouldn't say like, you're right. Like I'm jealous or anything like that. Not in a weird malicious way, but just yeah. like, Hey, you know what? I kind of want to do this as well too. Cause Jeremy's doing this. I really want to do this as well. So yeah. let's talk to Jeremy here and everything. Right. So yeah, 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 no, I know. And my, and a lot, it's funny cause it's happening for me as well too. Right. So I'm, it's just crazy. And I'm always here open arms. It's just like, Hey, you know what? I'll direct you to here and everything. Check this out. So yeah. I just sent a, a huge list of like five or six or seven podcasts to, uh, a friend of mine back uh, home who was really, she lived in Ireland for a year, I think. I think that's how long you can get the like the working visa for and now is, is stuck back in Canada. I, well, I say stuck. Canada's a pretty great place, but yeah. <laughs> she would rather be in Ireland. And so she's been talking to me a lot about this. And I sent her a bunch of books and podcasts and she was pretty excited. <laughs> so I'm hoping that that gets her started. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's nothing. You wouldn't want anything more than just like having your friends and everything on the road and like going together. Cause yeah. going to the <laughs> is there anything better than that if all your friends were able to work remotely and you could just all travel together and right, <laughs> that, right? that would be pretty much the dream <laughs> oh my gosh because like it is a lonely road right it is a lonely road going alone sometimes and i can only imagine for me like i've just i guess i'm feeling a little bit of as well too mm-hmm. just like hey you know what i'm uh, where i'm going not everyone can go right now but maybe later on who knows right so yeah so you know, Jeremy, I really want to be respectful of your time and everything. Um, we're just going to bang out two more questions and everything. Mm-hmm. And then, but before we do that, Jeremy, um, where can everybody find you, uh, you know, online? Where do you usually hang out where all my listeners can stalk you a little bit? <laughs> well, so I have a few websites here. I just set up in the past couple of days what's kind of going to be the hub in the future. Right now, it's little more than a landing page, but it's jeremyens.com. So that's J-E-R-E-M-Y-E-N-N-S.com. And that's got links to both my podcast production website and my photography website. And then I've also started a YouTube blog recently, which I know you have as well. Yes. And I don't really know. I've, I've been wanting to learn about video for years now and have finally had some time free up and some uh, subject (laughs) matter to to film. (laughs) I've been experimenting with that and the link to the YouTube channel is on there as well, as well as my Instagram, which I'm fairly active on, which is at this is Jeremy ends. Perfect. Everybody should check out his Instagram and his vlogs. It's amazing. I enjoy watching it. And you know, you're the one that actually inspired me to make that first video, by the way. All right. All right. So it wasn't That's that awesome. great, but it was it was first step. Oh, right? mine so. neither. Yeah. It's I, and mine. Like I've done five now, I think, and they're they're getting better with everyone. I like so, that. Like yeah. That. Man. All right. And then, um, you know, the other thing as well, too, Jeremy, like, I want to let you know that, you know, continue what you're doing. Thank you for all that you do, man. Like, you are an inspiration to everybody uh, who are just living, you know, and wanting to live this lifestyle and everything. Um, you know, you're so helpful. You're so kind and down to earth. And, you know, always keep that. All right. Continue what you're doing and be 
who you are, right? Oh, that's <laughs> great to hear. Thanks. No worries, man. And uh, yeah, so two final questions. So you know this, you know this uh, podcast is called the Path Hunters Podcast. Mm-hmm. And so when you hear the term Path Hunters, what comes to mind? So two things come to mind. The first would be the metaphorical sense of somebody who's. Uh, the thought that comes to mind is somebody who's not necessarily just going down one path or even two paths, but who is trying a lot of paths and really searching for the one that is the one that they're meant to be on or that, the one that they feel comfortable with. Mm. And I think you, it, I think it does take a lot of exploring and actually committing to trying different things, not just kind of, you know, half-heartedly trying something and thinking, well, yeah, if this doesn't work, then, you know, having a plan B in your mind, I think you have to commit to things and then assess once you've actually committed to it, whether that's working for you or not before trying something else. And then the second one is uh, a literal sense of somebody in like the Amazon jungle with a machete (laughs) hacking down vines and stuff like this. Did you ever watch the Disney movie, The Road to El Dorado? No, no. I, I, okay. <laughs> because that movie comes to mind. There's one scene in particular. They they land on, I guess it's somewhere in South America. They're looking for the city of El Dorado, these two guys who were Sweet. stowaways from Spain. And it's an animated <laughs> movie. But it was, my sister and I had that movie memorized back to front when we were kids. And we would like, on, on car rides, we would recite the whole thing. <laughs> and so I haven't watched it in probably 10 years now or more. I should but, watch it. <laughs> but that, that's what comes to mind there's one scene where they they come up on the shore and there's just like this wall of trees and vines and stuff and undergrowth he pulls out a machete and just starts like hacking at it it falls down there's like a cliff wall and it's like okay we're going that way <laughs> and so that's the other image that comes to mind yeah i love that wow i love that and uh yeah the last question and everything um let's just say you're on the streets or, you know, on, on like, you know, standing by um, a place that has a lot of traffic, a lot of people going by and everything. You have this sign, this cardboard box or whatever it is, not necessarily your yeah. hobo or anything like that. That's not, <laughs> <laughs> people always get, it was like, I'm not a hobo, but anyways, <laughs> but, um, so you have this sign and you're able to write one advice or one message to impact everybody that goes by. What would it be? I think it would be, Simple, it'd just be one word, care. And because I think this is something that really frustrates me is that so many people, it's kind of cool to be a little bit detached and not care. And I don't, because I don't think that's what being cool actually is. The people who I think of as cool are people who are really passionate about something and are really good at something. And you think about like athletes or business people or anybody who, you know, musicians or people who create anything really. I think like these are the people who I think most people think are pretty cool when they care enough about something to really devote themselves to it and learn about it and, you know, go after it. And so I I think that just telling people to care about anything and everything is kind of what my advice would be. Mm, I love that. That's nice, man. Jeremy, 
thank you so much for coming out to the podcast. Oh, it's been and fun. It's fun. I can't wait to see how your journey unfolds, my friend. And I'm excited to even touch base with you. Hopefully, if you're ever in Chiang Mai during the time that we, yeah. we cross paths, you know, be yep. nice. Um, that would be awesome. I know. And it'd be nice. Um, and yeah, you know, thank you for just taking the time, just coming on. I appreciate you. Um, you know, and again, I can't wait to bring you on again just to see how um, uh, your journey unfolds and everything. Definitely. That'll be fun. All right. Have yourself a good one, my friend. You too. And that was Jeremy Ends. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for coming to the podcast. I appreciate you so much, brother, for just jumping on here with me. Um, again, thank you so much. It was so cool to interview someone that was just new in the digital nomad space and just have it's just recently started not that long ago. And um, for all you fellow path hunters, I hope you guys are finding value into these episodes because um, I interview these amazing entrepreneurs, digital nomads, and creators who just are doing amazing stuff. But what I really care about the most is about their whole entire process of how they came to be and just to bring to you guys this kind of you know process and everything because you know at the end of the day i wanted you guys to know that yeah it's great to follow your purpose and passion but the other thing as well too there is work involved but it will definitely be worth it and so that is the key component right there i hope you guys enjoyed that and again thank you so much brother for uh joining me for coming on to the podcast i appreciate every single one of you have yourself a great one take care hope you guys enjoyed that remember to subscribe share and review thank you for taking the time for listening to this podcast you can always find me at pathhunters.com stay awesome and know that you can become a path hunter today